Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Hairdresser Strong Show. And today we're going to have a special conversation, something a little bit different. We're going to call it Community Conversations. And I get a chance to talk with Diana Vervaro, who has been on the show numerous times, a director of the Paul Mitchell School and a hairstylist herself. Through her experience as a director and working with young rising stylists every day, as well as my experience as a manager, educator, and the host of this show who gets to talk to salon owners all over the country, we had a conversation where I believe that we did a pretty good job in deciphering all the nuances and understandings and psychology behind this gap between rising stylists and salon owners. As we most of us know, and all of you who have been paying attention to the show, there is a difference in this younger generation. It's not just an older person saying that there's a, a difference. What I'm telling you is I've been going to schools for over 15 years talking to students, and in the last five, things have changed. So tune in and uh, let's discuss those changes. And if you're a salon owner, there's a lot of good information here to help you understand rising stylists. And as a rising stylist, there's a lot of good information in here to help you set your career out on the right foot. Now tune in and check this out. I, all the conversations I've had are basically summarized into is it's not that salon owners suck and it's not that rising stylists are lazy and uh, yeah. have no and are you know the big concern is that they don't stick around and that I don't know I think we're gonna have I think to it's see because they're scared and they don't feel comfortable that's why they don't stay because they don't have the greatest communication sometimes like so you could just you know they just they just leave because they don't feel comfortable instead of expressing to them what they like and what they don't like about the position they just go somewhere else yeah and i i feel like uh if you're not already like i think being a little more uh hands-on constantly checking in um, at least that's what I'm doing and I'm hoping it's going to work, <laughs> you know, constantly just checking in. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, how's everything? Um, you, everybody, is everybody cool? Like giving them an opportunity to tell me something negative, like basically yeah. kind of opening the floor to saying, Hey, like you can share things. They don't have to all be positive. Right. Yeah. Just being nice, honestly, goes a long way. And then if they feel comfortable with you, they'll be able to open up to you and they'll, be able to ask for what they want or tell you. And we do have future professionals like that too. Um, one of our graduates recently, you know, told me that she said that she didn't like, she didn't like just assisting all the time and she wanted to do blowouts and she wanted to do makeup and whatever. And they said, okay. And then she started doing blowouts and makeup and she loves it. And she stayed there, you know, and she still assists, but she's able to do those other services too. And it was like a win-win. And she was super happy that she actually asked and that's what she said. When you ask, you get, you'll receive. And I was really proud of her for that. But a lot of times people don't feel comfortable in asking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can see that. I can, I, I can see that a lot. Like, you know, kind of like we were building up this idea in your head and, uh, and then you just kind of get to the point where, you know, you know what, screw this. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go try somewhere else, you know? Yeah. It's also very also enough money, whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. instead of just saying, you know, I need to make, is there any way that we could, I can make more money? 
I think uh, a lot of the saloners I talk to just they uh, they're not used to taking that much time uh, with each yeah. individual person. I think that's a big big challenge with right. with a lot of salon owners. Because they think that, you know, they're just going to come in and do all, do everything. But I'm telling you, sometimes you, you have to teach. Like, I've taught a person how to sweep the floor. It just happens sometimes, you know. Not yeah. everyone, but there's going to be people that you're going to have to show them, like, specifically how to do a certain task. And it could it could be frustrating when you just assume that people know what they're doing and, you know, then they and they don't. But it's, it, is an, it is an investment of time. But if you invest the time the right way, I think that you could really make somebody like into like your protege, you know, like your own personal assistant and they'll do everything like the way that you want them to. It's just you have to really explain to them how to do it and be like nice to them along the way and then also be honest. But it's just the way that you the way that you speak to them. Again, with that constructive criticism, you have to like be nice when you say like, you know, you're you're really great at doing this, but, um, if we could just, you know, work on the timing a little bit, like if we could do it in five minutes less, that would be amazing, you know? And then they're like, oh, all right, cool. I'm going to do it in five minutes or less. Be like, oh, we could time you like, let's play a game, you know, and kind of like try to like make it something fun. So it's not like so much pressure because I don't know, but there's like a lot of they're, they're scared a lot. Like I see like a lot more fear of things that I've never seen before. Well, there's a lot of salon owners that I that I talk to that they're just so busy behind the chair. Yeah, they just don't have the time, uh, or at least they feel like they don't have the time. Whether they can find the time or not is I don't know. I mean, that's like a whole other conversation. But like in their head, they're like, I don't have the time to like, you know, hold this person's hand, and you know, right. I can tell them how to sweep, but like, I don't know. You know, a lot. I, I've heard just a lot of stories of people coming they're there for a few months and then they're like they just either bounce without saying anything like you said or they say you know what here's my they gave them an ultimatum saying like i need to be on the floor within this much time yeah and um and then you know it just doesn't work for the salon owners they kind of get caught off guard and but i also think that the salon owners it's hard for them to hear a message that they are kind of complacent with their own business. I mean, if you sit, if you tell a business a salon owner that they're not going to want to listen to you because in their minds that they, you know, they have this great opportunity and they took all this risk and uh, they built this brand and, yeah. you know, why are these people so ungrateful? Um, but the reality is they're not necessarily changing their practices to be, you know, like I just had a conversation with one salon owner who goes, you know, I finally took a day off. And now I work four days a week and every other week I have a class with my apprentice and he's talked about how ma- how great that's been, but how much money it's cost him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, now that I got to go in like this time that I was, you know, I think, I don't know how he was training them before. I think he was training them through like a drip mechanism, like throughout the day, every day for over, for a year or more, you're like learning on the job as you go, but not that many actual classroom settings or one-on-one time. And uh, so anyway, I think, I think it's more that I think they're more just bitter because they work so hard and uh, they're, they're upset that these people don't want to work as hard as they do. I think that has more to do with it. 
yeah. than anything. It's not. It's not going to change though. It's probably only going to get. It's probably only going to get like more challenging. So I would say like you know that you kind of got. They got to get used to it. Otherwise, they are going to keep on going through people because it's going to. Or it, it takes a really long time to just find somebody that's going to just be the right fit. So you're going to go through a big turnover until you find that one amazing person if you're not willing to put in the extra work. But also, I think that if they just spoke to the other team members, because I'm sure that being a stylist um, is stressful when you don't have an assistant. And, you know, when the salons need assistance so bad and the stylists are so busy that maybe if they work together as a team and the stylists train the apprentices as they're working with them, I think that's going to build a better relationship for the stylist and the apprentice. And then they're going to look, they're going to look at the stylist like in a more as a mentor than like a person who's just bossing them around and being mean to them. You know, I also see, um, a lot of salon owners that I talk to, they haven't taken the time to break down what their expectations are on a paper and and some have even said that they don't want to break it down on paper because they tailor their education to the person so it's like impossible to put it down on paper and uh, i wonder like you know they don't want to necessarily commoditize their education they don't want to say hey do these three haircuts on these three textures and that's nine haircuts total and then you can start cutting hair um, they don't want to do that. They want to work with the person until they're ready. So, and, and, and some of them have had a lot of success, even with the younger generation, but, um, you know, they haven't necessarily mapped out their course, but because they stay, they pay, take, take so much time to like work with them on a regular basis, the person, they feel supported and they stick around and they can have that, those conversations. Like, when am I getting on the floor? Like it never you know, that con- that's already built in, you know, it's like, Hey, um, when you could, when we ne- definitely, you know, this technique, we definitely need to see you be able to master this, uh, for the floor or something. I don't know. Right. I, right. I just think that there's not enough time to sit down and like document, uh, and really understand how to talk about what their expectation is to transition onto the floor. And I think that's a big, big problem, uh, that I don't know. I don't think there's any real, uh, any way to around it personally um except for changing your system you know yeah they they really should have a system because that's what that that's what helps and to be honest with you um a lot of the salons that have those systems built in like they have education every single monday and um you have to come like you have to be there and they actually have the most like they retain the most staff Like we've had future professionals working in the same salon for almost the same time I've been working at the school. And those are the salons that have education every Monday and they, they have a a training system and, you know, they, they make good money there and, you know, they constantly learning and they don't ever want to leave. So I think that you just got to work on the salon's reputation as well. Like being that type of salon that, everybody wants to work at you know having happy employees that love their job like you said like posting on instagram behind the scenes and they see people you know having fun they're like oh i want to go and i want to go and work there and you know do what they do that could also help yeah it's uh it's just it's just it's just uh you know you got to add more some things to your list of things to do like you can't run business the same way forever and uh 
And like I, that's kind of what I meant when I said that I think it's just more expensive. Like I think biz cost of business is going up because you have to take so much more time with young, with the newer generation. And I don't think anything wrong with that. I think that's, that's just kind of like what I'm seeing and like the cost or a greater investment or however you want to word it. Uh, I def that's what I, that's what definitely what I see. I definitely see these, these, um, that's what I, I just, I just think that you're just going to have to get over it or you're going to be blockbuster. That's kind of yeah. how I, how exactly. I always, <laughs> that's exactly. how I think of it. You, you have to change with the times, you know? Yeah. I and mean, like if, and you could uh, adopt like technology and automation to help you lower your costs if you need to spend more money or spend less time behind the chair or whatever it is that you need to do in order to make sure to provide the young, the, your, your future, the mm-hmm. future of your business with the tools that they need. And, you know, I think all this is really good. Okay, well, like, tell you real quick, everything yeah. that they said and that like, in case you want to use it with other people. So I asked them like everything that they were looking for. So they said more education, structured training systems, shorter assistant program, having stylists willing to teach them in the moment, having patience with assistants as they learn, offering them hands-on experience. Then we have the entrepreneurs and they want to have their own brand and identity and don't want to work at all for anybody else. Um, they want to work on their confidence to to be able to receive compliments, like to again, just like be nice to them. Constructive criticism, having mutual respect and value of each other, removal of hostility from the workplace, more help from the existent existing stylists in the salon, also allowing them to specialize in one area because you know now sometimes they only want to do one thing, like I just want to do color and. That's it. Like just balayage and extensions for me, you know, they wanted to have a work-life balance, structured schedule, um, a place where that they could looking for growth, um, client rotation to build a book, being able to assist multiple stylists to learn different ways. Reasons that they would leave a job is no opportunity for growth, personal conflicts with staff and management, a low commission rate, no education, and just like life changes. And things that they want was the benefits, schedule flexibility, the atmosphere, commission, um, room for growth and education. Those are like the major things. Okay, cool. Nice. I'm going to, I'll definitely use some of that stuff for some posts. I think it's interesting because all those, those asks point out the toxicity of our of our industry, you know, leading up to where we are now, you know, it's like, I'm not really surprised that people are being so adamant about not being in a toxic environment. You know, my experience is so much toxicity and, and, in our industry. And, you know, it's kind of, kind of just, that's how I came up, you know, I've worked. And I feel like, you know what it it did, like it made us stronger and then that's good. Like we have like thick skins. I don't care what, you know, being the director, whenever you're the boss, people are always going to, you know, not like they're going to be negative towards you or, you know, things like that because, you know, all eyes are always on you. But, um, you know, I know, I know the truth, my truth. And like, I know how hard I work and I know what I deserve. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I don't let that bother me, but the young, younger people, like 
if you're mean to them, they could be like so beaten down that like they'll quit. They'll, they'll never do hair again. Like they'll literally quit. I know people that stopped doing hair because they just felt that it was the, the environment in the salon was just so negative for them. It just, they were just like made them feel bad. And I like the things that people like would say to us when we were working, like you can't talk to people like that anymore. Like the whole climate of, you know, and, and, how like everyone's feelings and like you have to be like you really have to be protective of of like people's feelings people are very very emotional now like way more emotional than than ever and you have to learn how to like deal with that so you can't talk to them a certain way like how we would be spoken to in the salon and you just kind of like you know hand me that okay you know you'd be like can you please hand me that like it's just different like they're very very sensitive yeah, I feel like there. I feel like I'd be, be I'd be curious to hear what you think uh, that means for our future <laughs> as a society. I, I think like, people just need to be nice. That's all. Read the be nice or else book and just be nice to people. You could, you know, like I feel like I'm nice to them, but like I'll be direct. Like I'll say exactly what I want at the time I want it done in. Like that's like even you know with my team, like I have to tell them like, this is what I want done. I need it done by this time. Like when I ask for something, I, I, I do, I want it right away because otherwise I wouldn't be asking, you know? So it's just like that, that sense of urgency, like people just, I don't know, I guess the world slowed down and just people like lost that sense, the sense of urgency, but you could still tell people what you want and be, you know, be nice about it. Do you I think, think that, that there's a way to train them to be less sensitive because I just don't see the, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think that there's a lot aligned though. I don't, I don't think that the expectation should just be to like completely cater to all of this. Like I do think that there's got some level of compromise and um, I don't know what that is or what that looks like or how to even have that conversation without saying the wrong things and getting canceled on social media. So I haven't had that conversation right. But like, there is a point where it's like, okay, it's a little too much. Um, that's what I think. I mean, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we just yeah. trend to where everyone's just nice to everybody. I just don't think that's their human nature. You know, I, I think that that's a societal and cultural shift, but it's not going to be across the board. And people are going to, like, a, like you even said it, like the boss has to have thicker skin. So all those entrepreneurs who think they want to be business owners, maybe they need to go to work somewhere where people talk to them and trust them. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like I, I have know. this thought and I haven't, I haven't refined it, which is why I haven't brought yeah. it up in public <laughs> domain. I know. I, that I'm trying to think about it too. Like how do you bridge the gap between what salons expect and what the future professionals are willing to do? And it's, I don't know why, but if there is, there is a definite change. Yeah. And it's you a know, change it's, that it's, it'll be around. Definite. Yeah, definitely yeah. change. It's not as motivated. That's why you have to like look. It, it takes extra work. It's definitely extra energy that you have to like really like try to motivate them and like make them fun. And, you know, it's it's more work for the salon owner, definitely. But in the end, I think that people there still are a lot of people that are willing to work hard and do really want it. I mean, a lot of times it is people that are going to school a little bit later. So maybe they're not like 18, you know, 19, right. they're, you know, in their twenties already, or, you know, some of them even older. Um, but there, there are some people that, that really are working hard, you know, really willing to work for it, but there's 
you know, it's less rather than, you know. Yeah. Well, I think the psychology could also shift. Like, you know, maybe they're going to be a little more thin skinned uh, in a younger age, but hopefully as they grow older, uh, they real, you know, and maybe they get yeah. some therapy to make, to realize right. that, you know, just because someone says something in a way you don't like, it doesn't mean the, I think our society has perpetuated this, like attacking people who don't say the things you want them to say or talk to you a certain way. And uh, I think that that poured over into the workplace for reasonable reasons. Like, I think that, you know, we wouldn't be, we might not even be here had we not been so shitty to each other, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um, and I also think that like, there's a pendulum swing that swings where if you want, if you want to see change, sometimes you got to push things so far that people end up getting sick of it. And then the, and then when that pendulum comes back, it doesn't ever go back to the way it was. I feel like that's what these young people are doing. And uh, I think they're saying all across the board, enough is enough. We're not going to put up with this. We're going to, we want to be paid. And that's really hard for a business owner to swallow uh, because they're thinking about their bottom line. They're thinking about their numbers. They're like, I don't have the room, the time or the money to do this. But the reality is they don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. When, when we first started, everything was too trading. Like you would, we, I would do a bunch of stuff for free just so you would do hair and makeup and you would get the pictures, you know, and like you just volunteered to, to assist people just for the experience. And now a lot of the, the, the times, like if they're not getting paid, they don't want to do it, you know? Right. Right. That's why I said, like, say yes to every opportunity because whether you're getting paid or not, you don't know what it's going to bring you, but. Yeah. And I think they're, like you said, like COVID and sensitivities and uh, also like coming up, gr experiencing life through a screen before you actually experience life. I think it's just a lot of you don't know what you don't know. So I don't think that anything's wrong with it. And I think, you know, be nice and go and talk to these people and educate them on on what they don't know. And I yeah. think that that could be the solution <laughs> yeah. to all the problems that I'm hearing. Yeah, anyway. and that's what I like about the guest artists because we'll, they like let them know, like, what do you expect? And I'll ask them when they're in there. So what are you looking for? What qualities do you look for an assistant? You know, someone right. who's going to come to work on time, someone who's, you know, career and self-motivated, um, you know, things like that. So I think, yeah, we just have to like keep educating them on, you know, what it takes and letting them know, like, you know, some things are, are unrealistic and other things are realistic, but it just, it takes time. It takes time to get there. Stuff doesn't I, uh, I, I, I keep doing this, but I want one more thing. So I'm running this thing called no filter workshop, which is a traveling workshop that goes around different salons and people send their apprentices to me and I invite students. Students won't really come. My experience is students don't do anything outside of school. That's been my personal experience. They don't come to any classes, any workshops, any events, zero. Really? But, you know, no, none. I you haven't seen it. The teachers are probably not pushing it. Like when, like we just went to a cunning class, but I'll go to everything, you know what I mean? And then yeah, me I'll, I'll get like at least one of the, one person on the team excited or a couple people. And then when you're like, oh, are you gonna, you're going to come with us? Like, even though they're not driving with us, but we're like, oh, you know, we're going to be there and then i feel like they're more inclined they're more inclined yeah, to show it's like up. only if they're getting hours it has been my experience um yeah. if they're not getting hours then they're like i'm just going to focus on school and it's like okay so, all right awesome well i'm sure we could talk forever um i'm gonna let you go and get off the phone off, off this but um i'll talk to you soon okay all right thank you it's always a pleasure